horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, welcome back to another edition of Winning Ponies, and uh, gee, I had a real hard time coming up with, with races. If anybody's got any ideas, give me a call before the show's over. Of course, I am just kidding. This is a Derby Oaks weekend, folks. It starts tomorrow with the Kentucky Oaks, $1,250,000 on on the line with the Oaks, of course, it's grade one status. That will be tomorrow, and from what I'm hearing from everybody is you better start handicapping for an off track, all right? Surrounded by a slew of graded stakes races. It's going to be a fantastic day, rain or shine. Then, according to the media, urologist is supposed to blow out, and we're supposed to have a, a pretty fast track. Uh, turf might be a little giving. We'll find out. See what happens on Friday. Uh, I know that uh, the, uh, the the turf course uh, does have a very good drainage system. So fingers crossed that uh, we're going to get everything good and all the racing will be uh, consistent and fair over the next 48 hours down there at Churchill Downs. Now, uh, looking from uh, afar. Uh, will be none other than Rich Perloff of uh, TVG uh, fame. And uh, Rich is, he's he's no one-trick pony. You know, some guys uh, stick to the handicapping on the New York circuit, some guys the West Coast. Rich Perloff is a man who wears many handicapping hats because he handicaps at just about every track around the country every time of day. I think he's with us now. Rich Perloff, how are you? Hey, John, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's Derby weekend, and uh, I, you know, it, it, it's great watching TVG, and I just never know where you're going to pop up, you know? You're like that guy with the John 316 <laughs> sign, you know, at all oh. the old football games, you know? <laughs> it's like... Yeah, but but the, without the wig, yeah. No, but you... <laughs> I have a picture with him, by the way, uh, at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, but, uh, Rich, uh, obviously the, the hubbub this week has been centered around all the race action that's going to happen o- over the next two days. And uh, I know you do a great job with your homework. You do a fantastic uh, job of de- delivery. I think it's from all of those heralded years as a professor at Miami University that, you know, helped give you that that sensation of teaching people and you do do a great job at teaching so i'm just going to ask you two simple things tonight rich that you teach us who's going to win the kentucky oaks and who's going to win the kentucky derby and i'll let you go okay so kentucky oaks i'm going to go with uh, the coach Dwayne lucas and secret oath on the rail if if i got anything like that six to one morning line i would be absolutely ecstatic i mean she was looking like the dominant horse in her division with those three consecutive easy, easy wins at Oaklawn Park. And then D. Wayne threw her up against the boys in the, the Arkansas Derby. And I don't think she lost any luster 
in that race. She had a lot of trouble early, but, John, what I've been telling people is if you look at the video of that race, what you want to focus on is the move that she launched between the half-mile pole and the top of the stretch. Yes. That was an eye-popping move, and only really, really good horses do that. Now, I, I respect Nest coming off that big win at Keeneland. You have to respect last year's champion, Echo Zulu. You have to respect the undefeated Kathleen O. But now back in against her division, I, I'm going to go with Secret Oath as a top pick in the Oaks. Boy, you came you came right out and hit us right between the eyes. I guess no challenge is too shy for you. Um, I love this horse. And obviously, you know, I, I saw uh, D. Wayne down at Keeneland kicking around last week and the week before. And I tell you what, you know, he, he does use a cane now, but he sure doesn't look like he's lost a step, Rich. Um, and just having a blast. He smiles all over. And let me tell you, if anybody's been there, done that. It's yeah. T. Wayne Lucas, you know, and, you know, let's face it. He's, he's had success over the years uh, with some of his, his big mares um, going against the boys. He already knew he had a ticket to the Oaks. So sure. why not put her in there? And I'll tell you, folks, if you need to go back and look at the Arkansas Derby, what Rich alluded to was one of those goose pump moments, because quite frankly, I was really rooting for secret oath in there, even though she was favored. Uh, against the boys but that move i'm looking at it rich and i'm thinking oh my god you know we might be uh, looking at at another winning colors here or something it it was awesome unfortunately unfortunately the the trouble that she sustained early in the race cost her so after after that big move she flattened out a little bit in the stretch but look there's no shame in finishing third in that race the two horses that got to the wire ahead of her will be in the starting gate for the kentucky derby on saturday and from what I'm hearing, the, the buzz I'm picking up, Cyberknife is going to take plenty of support in there. So, yeah, Secret Oath back in against her division is going to be my top pick in the Oaks. Yeah, I, I hear that that Cyberknife is uh, kind of impressing Mike Welsh and, you know, a few of the other people that, that track the workouts at uh, Churchill Downs very closely. So, yeah, that could be very interesting and make for a nice uh, a daily double. Now, it. In the mile and an eighth, Secret Oath is not, you, you know, a speed horse, but she looks like she can just get right with, and like you said, almost push button like, uh, when when they decide to go. Now, I've got a question for you that you probably can't answer because uh, you don't maybe have D Wayne on speed dial, but um, hmm. why do you think the change from uh, Contreras to Luis Saez took place? Well, that, that's a great question, but, you know, I mean, as good as Contreras is, I, I think that Saez is one of the elite riders right now. So, you know, the fact that uh, he was without a mount in the Oaks, that's that's the kind of a guy you reach out for. Well, uh, again, I, I can't blame you. And she, she does seem like the kind that's not going to get herself uh, shuffled too far back. Um, I, I'm... I'm uh, trying to think as far as uh those two horses well i I lost it i was looking at it i lost it but um so now let's throw this in rich perloff from tvg um there are several fillies in here and you hit all the highlights i mean you know hard to knock nest a horse that's only lost one race in its career and that was by three quarters of a length in a stakes race 
uh, you know, Pletcher's won this race four times already. He's going for his fifth Oaks. Then you've got Echo Zulu, who had to run her eyeballs out to stay in front of Hidden Connection at the Fairgrounds Oaks. I, I think we could use a couple of things to maybe put that race in perspective, Rich. And tell me if you saw this, that when, when you look at how Steve Asmussen guided this horse through its three-year-old career, he started five and a half, then he went to seven, then he went to one, and she finished out in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly at a mile and a 16th. This year, Echo Zulu comes out and gets her feet to the fire right away with the mile and a 16th. Do you think maybe that's why she looked like she had a little rust on her? Well, here, here's what I think is that, you know, for, for a horse that is a champion and, and clearly has important grade one races circled on the calendar, you, you just wonder how cranked up she was for her seasonal debut. She'd been on the sidelines for, what, the better part of five months, I guess, by that time. I would expect that Steve Asmussen left a little work to do with Echo Zulu and she'll be, uh, you know, a tighter and sharper filly on Friday. Now, the, the, the big question to me is, is pace and whether she gets any company early because she, you know, when she goes around two turns, she wants to be in front. She's got a pretty quick horse to her inside in Ugiri. Now, I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. making Ugiri a, a contender by any stretch, but if you're going to back the prospects of any of the the stalkers or the pressers or the deeper closers, you need to see Echo Zulu having to work a little bit early. Well, we, we, we touched on the Oaks. We can always swing back to it, but Rich Perloff right out of the gate uh, hits us with the horse. that will be going into the gate first in the Oaks, and that is Secret Oath. Now to the jigsaw puzzle we try to solve annually on the first mm. Saturday in May, uh, the Kentucky Derby, and I'm sure uh, you as a longtime handicapper and follower of sport will have to admit, and it seems like sometimes we say this every year, this is one of the most contentious Kentucky Derby. I've ever seen. I can easily make a case for 10 horses in here. Yeah, I think you're right about that. You know, I mean, if just, just to use one convenient uh, unit of measure, if you're looking at buyer speed figures, the, the top dozen or so horses in this race are within a half dozen points of one another in terms of their career best buyer figure. They're very lightly raced. And, and Saturday is the day when their human connections have got them as, as sharp as they can possibly be, I think it's, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that one of these lightly raced horses takes a big step forward and makes up the stagger with regard to career best buyer figures. So, yeah, I agree. Now, my, my essential strategy, Kentucky Derby, every single year is to try to get alive to a handful of horses in the Derby at the tail end of the big guaranteed pool pick four. And I will, I will try that again this year. And I can tell you that as of this moment, I, I have two horses that are absolute must use on my ticket. I expect to find a couple or, or three more between now and post time on Saturday. I want to hear this drum roll, please. Okay. Of course, my drummer took okay. the day off. So, so epicenter is a must use for me. And, and the thing about epicenter is Uh, Again, I'm looking at buyer figures. If you look at his career debut, he has improved with every subsequent start, culminating in a career best buyer figure of 102 with his easy win in the Louisiana Derby. So 
he's got one of the best career buyer figs in the holster. The Louisiana Derby is one of only two Kentucky Derby preps run at a mile and three sixteenths. So whereas a lot of these horses are going to be question marks in terms of the, the Derby distance, Epicenter has won a race that more closely approximates what's he, what he's going to have to do on Saturday. And the most important thing to me is that in the Louisiana Derby, he rated off horses. He does not need to be on the lead. I would, I'd be shocked. If somebody is hell-bent for the front end, I'd be shocked if Joel Rosario sends Epicenter up to contest that place. He sat very comfortably in third behind Honest Tractions in the Louisiana Derby, and when Rosario asked him, he just powered away from that field. So he, he's a must-use for me. He's 7-2 to two on the morning line. I was kind of surprised at the morning line. I mean, Zandon's coming off a nice win in the, the grade one bluegrass at Keeneland, but I, I do believe that Epicenter is going to be the post-time favorite when all's said and done. Having said that, my top pick, John, is a horse that is inexplicably to me 20-1 to 1 on the morning line, and that is Charge It. I could not like Charge It's run in the Florida Derby any more than I do. For a horse that was that green, that was a tremendous runner-up effort. And if he goes forward again on Saturday, I I think he's going to get a piece of this and and maybe the biggest piece. Well, at at 20 to 1, it it certainly is worth uh, taking a look at. Or if nothing else, our listeners may want to play a saver in there for sure on the power of Rich Perloff. Now, Rich, I guess the the, the mystery horse in here, uh, we've already uh, dashed the curse of Apollo, and now we have to overcome the legend of Leonidas. Not since oh. 1883. <laughs> has, hey, you like that? You like that? You, you, you can use it if you want. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you, you know, no horse has ever won the Kentucky Derby uh, off two starts since 1883. Um, this horse is either the next Secretariat or he, he was the most, he made his most brilliant debuts i've ever seen and for some reason i don't know why it wouldn't be his pedigree he can't get a mile and a quarter because certainly so far he checks all the boxes except for seasoning yeah yeah which is true but you know i mean this is just how how racing works in in this day and age you know i mean gone are the days john when horses break their maiden and then they go and they run in a couple of conditioned allowance races then they ease into stakes company that doesn't happen anymore you win impressively as a maiden your your next stop if you're a a talented three-year-old is probably in a graded stakes race that's offering kentucky derby points now to put the santa anita derby the run happy santa anita derby in context uh caba was beating his stable mate messier Happy Jack, who's in the Derby field, you know, I mean, you can't make a case for that horse on Saturday. Uh, Forbidden Kingdom, that was the Mandela horse that I happen to think was, you know, a a serious race horse. He was a no-show on Santa Anita, you know, Derby Day. I I don't know yet whether I'm going to make room for Taba on my ticket, but I can tell you this much. If I... If he doesn't make the cut for me, it is not going to be because this is only the third start of his career. That's that's just the way these horses are campaigned. And and look, I mean, White Barrio is making only his sixth career start 
Zandon his fifth start, my pick charge at his fourth start. This, this is it, it's becoming more the the rule than the exception. I know. I mean, really, Justify wasn't that long ago, and everybody said yeah. that couldn't be done. And uh, let's face it, if anybody can crank a horse up, it's uh, Hall of Famer Bob Baffert, though uh, Tim Yakteen is now the trainer of this animal, but obviously coming from the Baffert School of Horsemanship as a prior assistant, I don't think uh, is going to see too many uh tweaks in its training regimen i think you just you, you go with the pro <laughs> you dance with the wrong the one that brought you and uh, you just continue on i hope the horse is a, is an absolute freak and we do have another secretariat on our hands but uh, we'll see i mean very generous in the morning line 12 to 1 i mean yeah. r- rich i mean I, can't you see the favorite possibly going off at four or five to one in here if there is one uh, i, I Three to one, seven to two sounds about right, and I, I think that horse will be epicenter. So, you know, but what we see in years like this, John, is four, maybe five horses will be single digits at post time, and that is why I don't play Kentucky Derby futures. Why would I want to make a bet on whether a horse gets to the starting gate? when I know for a fact that there are horses that are going to be in that gate on the day that I like who are going to be 10 to 1 or higher. Except, and you know they're there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you, you, you mentioned, you know, whether, whether Taba can, can, like, break through, you know, some, another historical curse. There are a couple of horses in this field that I'm kind of rooting for just because. One of them is the horse on the rail, Mo Donegal. I, I would like to see Mo Donegal run a big race because it, it, it irks me. It really gets under my skin that the Wood Memorial is a grade two anymore. This, this is a grade one race, and New York should have a grade one derby prep. I understand yeah. that no winner of the Wood has won the derby since Fusaichi Pegasus. That doesn't tell the tale. A lot of horses that won the Wood Memorial didn't get to the Kentucky Derby because of injury. You can't hold that against the race. I mean, do you, I mean, you remember Escandrea? That guy would have mm-hmm. been three to five in the Kentucky Derby if he'd made the race. So I would like to see Mo Donegal run big because the Wood needs to get upgraded again, just like the the Bluegrass did. And the other horse that I'm interested in is the Japanese horse Crown uh-huh. Pride. Yeah, look. You're, you're reaching here, but he's working very well at Churchill Downs. He debuted at a mile and an eighth. His three victories have been at either nine furlongs or nine and a half furlongs. And here's the thing. If, if we are going to continue to sustain the UAE Derby as a 100-point Kentucky Derby prep, well, then these horses got to come. And we do have the winner and the runner-up in the Derby field and – if they make any kind of a representative showing, well, then it validates keeping the the UAE Derby at its current 100-point status. Well, all I can say is, remember, Rich, so I'm going to go back almost a decade ago, when you would see a Japanese horse show up at the Breeders' Cup or one of the Triple Crown races, you almost shrugged your shoulders and said, well, welcome to America, but... You're not right. getting any of my money. Uh, those times, just like people used to poo-poo New York breads, I think those times are well behind us. 
Yeah, the Japanese horses are, are, are running huge on the international stage. And, you know, a horse like Crown Pride, I did a little digging into his pedigree. You don't have to go too far back to find names you'll recognize, like Sunday Silence, of course. On the bottom of his pedigree, he goes back to King Mambo. So, that, I mean, there, there, there's plenty of main track influence in the pedigree. His wins have been on dirt. My, my only issue with him is that given the, the rain that we're likely to see at Churchill between now and, uh, and Derby, the one poor effort on Crown Pride's agenda was on a muddy racetrack. And, folks, that's why we bring Rich Perloff on, because I totally skimmed over uh, that fact. Well, Rich, uh, what role will you be playing over the weekend? I, I never know where to go to look for you. You, know, you Like I said, well, you, you know, pop up uh, everywhere. I'm, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow morning, and I will be sitting on the desk at Monmouth Park in Oceanport, New Jersey, on both uh, Derby Saturday and again on Sunday, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it because that is a racetrack I have never visited. Aha! It's pretty. It's pretty. That's what they tell me. Now, what brings you there, Rich? Uh, that's where they told me to go. You know, <laughs> we we've got a ton of people in Kentucky. We've got the crew at you know Santa Anita. We've got people. You know, I, we're we're so we're a far flung empire. Yes, and Monmouth Park, I mean, their their meeting is opening on Kentucky Derby Day. Uh -huh. So that's uh, that's where I am going to be deployed. Well, we will we'll, we'll, we'll be we keeping a an eye out uh, for you. And uh, all I can say is thanks for spending time with us. Thanks for all the the information uh, that that you've got us. And and thanks again for continuing your quest to to educate new people to the game. I think you do an outstanding job on air. Great delivery, and and it's always worth to take the time. You're not always talking to somebody uh, that that that's a grizzled veteran, you know. And uh, yeah. My, my hat's off to you, uh, Rich Perloff. You do a fantastic job uh, in that realm. And, well, I wish you uh, a, a fun derby a week uh, down uh, at the uh, Jersey Shore. All right, John, good to be with you, and good luck to, to you with your derby plays and to everybody out there listening. It is going to be a great two days of racing, Oaks Friday, Derby Saturday. All right, you can catch him on TVG. Rich Perloff, fantastic. Well, uh, we're going to just want to let everybody know before we get to Dan Illman uh, about one of our uh, new sponsors, uh, BetUS.com. I mean, with the Derby around the corner, you got a sports book with integrity, longevity like uh, BetUS. For, for, it's for all your gambling needs. Uh, you may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for what, I think almost three decades now, uh, thriving and paying their customer base. Important to remember, you get paid easy by these guys because they got a track record. Uh, with action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we've got your game. So join now using capital 
P-O-N-I-E-S, and get a 125% deposit bonus for up to 2500 So uh, remember, folks, it's BetUS.com. You're going around. You're, you're listening to Dan Illman and Rich Perloff and Ed Meyer and say, well, where do I go to bet these horses where I'm sure I'm going to get my money back? Go to BetUS.com. And don't forget, I'm winning ponies this week. We also have our annual Kentucky Derby contest. It's free, 115 cash for the top prize and a lot of Winning Ponies credits down through uh, the first six horses in the field. Go to winningponies.com and I'll lay it all out. Guess what? It's free, folks, and you can bet at it right up until Derby Day. And a guy we'll be looking forward to hearing from right up to Derby Day because uh, my wife's beginning to think the only channel I have on my computer is one in which Dan Illman and Mike Beer are talking to me. And I think Dan Illman is with us right now. Dan, are you there? Here, John, always great to talk to you, especially with Triple Crown season upon us. Well, yes, it's exciting, and I thank you for 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 taking time. Um, you know, I, I I try to monitor you pretty close, but man, I I don't know if I've ever recalled you being so busy as as I've been viewing in in the past week, as far as you and Mike getting together for y- your handicapping. I won't call them challenges, but your analysis of the races. Are you doing more races than usual, or am I just watching closer? It sure feels like we're doing more races than usual, but I just might be getting old uh, on DRF-TV, <laughs> a daily racing form YouTube channel for the uh, quick plug. Uh, Mike and I do uh, all the previews every week, but we've been really focusing on the graded stakes previews at Churchill, of course, on Oaks Friday and Derby Saturday. We've got a great webinar with Jay Privman and Andy Byer up right now to discussing the Derby, uh, Timeform U.S. podcast with Craig Milkowski and David Aragona, Brad Free, great Southern California handicapper, has his Derby opinion. So head on over, Daily Racing Form YouTube channel, subscribe for us, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll have you covered. I do, and I, I spent 54 minutes with Jay Privman and Andy Byer earlier today. It was very eye-opening, and all it did was confuse me even more. Now, before we get on to the boys, which we'll spend most of our time on, we, we can't chime in without saying, don't forget, folks, there's a uh, a derby double, shall we say, along with the Kentucky Oaks. So you got to make your bet tomorrow on Friday, uh, the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, you, you know, what, what can I say? You know, the horses that uh, that that seem to, you know, rise to the top, uh, Secret Oath, a horse I know you, you've uh, seen run, uh, Nest, uh, the undefeated Kathleen O, and you cannot ignore last year's three-year-old champion in the hands of a Hall of Famer, Echo Zulo. With that said, uh, you probably like a horse I didn't name, but uh, Dan Illman, if you'll give us your input on the Oaks, of course, people can go to DRF.com and find out, but now they can get it live on Winning Ponies. You did mention a horse that I like, and the more I look at Nest, the more I like her. And what's not to like? Five starts, four wins, three for three around two turns. When you watch her run, when you look at her pedigree, it seems like a mile and an eighth is right up her alley. And her last prep race, the Ashland, was her best yet. I really think Top Fletcher has her peaking coming into the Kentucky Oaks. I think he's managed her beautifully this year. He found the easiest of spots for her seasonal debut at Tampa Bay. She won that race like an odds-on favorite should. And then in the 
Ashland. She drove that field. Irad Ortiz had to go four wide at the half-mile pole. That didn't bother Nesk at all. She won easily. That track was a little bit wet. If there is some moisture on the racetrack at Churchill Downs on Friday, that won't bother Nest. My only concern, John, is that this really likes to be on the outside. I don't think post position four is great for her in a bulky field like the Oaks, but I'm going to trust Irad to get her to the outside and in the clear. I think Nest has a lot of potential, especially at a mile and an eighth. You mentioned Kathleen O. She's undefeated from four starts. Uh, she earned a big buyer speed figure in the Gulfstream Park Oaks. That figure almost automatically ensures that she's going to take money. I'm not really sure if I buy that number, but I buy the way she's been winning her races very, very impressively. To me, those are the two main contenders in the race. I have a lot of respect for Echo Zulu, the undefeated champion. I am concerned about her going a mile and an eighth in a situation where there's pace directly to her inside with Yugiri. Echo Zulu, she could win, and it's four to one. I would argue with anyone playing her, but uh, I'm going to go with the closers in here. I like Nest and Kathleen O. Okay, we'll find out. And as I stated at the top of the show, right now it looks like things are going to be a little sticky uh, down in Louisville tomorrow, but supposed to dry out for Derby Day. All right, that's Dan Illman's take on the Kentucky Oaks. And now to the one that we all wait for every year, the Kentucky Derby. And I think, Dan, you'll agree. It seems like a lot of times we say this every year, but it's certainly a fact if you've got a daily racing form in front of you. This is one of the most contentious Kentucky derbies uh, that we've seen in a while since you can probably make a legit case for about 10 of these starters. Oh, I, I think there's no doubt about it. You certainly can. Uh, I hate to chalk out or come out with a short price tourist. I just think Epicenter ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't he? I mean, yes. he was dominant at the fairgrounds this entire winter. His only uh, defeat coming in the Lecompte race in which he ran the best race. He was cooked on a pace battle all the way around, only to get pipped at the wire. Then he controlled things in the Risen Star, and I love the new dimension he's shown in the Louisiana Derby, sitting off the pace, easing to the outside, and winning in mere risk out fashion. His last two buyer speed figures, 102.98 among the fastest in the field. He's won at a mile and 3.16. I have no worries about his ability to get the mile and a quarter. He's won at Churchill Downs over a wet track. I have no worries about that. He's got some guy named Asmussen and some guy named Rosario in his corner. I don't worry about that. Uh, I am a little bit worried about the price, 7-2 to two in a 24-horse field. That's, that's no fun. But uh, I just, every time I look at Epicenter's PPs, I just have a feeling he's going to run a very good race on Saturday. Yeah, you know, people talk about a lot in this game, you know, form cycles, and it just looks like, you know, this horse is getting stronger and stronger, and after what I thought was a a, a strong, authoritative win in the Louisiana Derby, uh, Steve Asmussen goes, okay, time out. You've done everything I need you to do. Let's just rest you up, and we'll start working you up. you got a mile and a quarter to go, and, you know, uh, he, he didn't uh, get to the uh, Hall of Fame because he's uh, good friends with a lot of people in the jockey club. Steve Asmussen earned every win he got, and uh, if anybody could get, get the horse ready, he's the man. Now, we've got uh, two horses in there from uh, what I call the Bob Baffert transfer portal, and that would be the two that went to the barn of Tim Yachtin in Messier and Taba. Now, from a lot of the guys much smarter than me I've talked to, uh, they 
just felt like uh, Messier and, and, and Taba. Uh, yeah, they they look uh, visually impressive, but uh, who are they doing it against? And uh, they've never, you know, faced it against this bulky of a field. I guess that the, the case for uh, uh, Taba, uh, except for the fact that it has, hasn't happened since Leonidas in 1883, was that he's only got two starts. But my God, they were eyebrow-raising starts, Dan. Can, can the fact that we're racing horses less and less these days leading up to the Derby uh, lead us to this point? I mean, Justify was only three years ago. Oh, I think we're getting to this point where it really doesn't matter. We've seen all these Derby rules fall year after year after year, and Taba might be the horse to do it uh, if he's going to do it in only his third lifetime start because he might be the most naturally talented runner in the race. He's already the fastest. Two starts, two triple-digit buyer speed figures, and he overcame a lot just when he was Santanita Derby, stretching out three whole furlongs in only his second lifetime race and doing it against a good field. I mean, I realize that the favorite that day, the uh, the speedball Forbidden Kingdom didn't fire and came down with an injury, but he and Messier threw it down early. And while Taba had a very nice trip tracking those two horses, he did stay close to that solid pace and he finished it off. He's a talented horse. The break is the key for him because I don't think he's ever been behind horses in a race in his career. And if he doesn't break well, there could be four or five horses kicking dirt in his face and he may not like it. But at 12 to 1 on the morning line, that's a fair price. I think he's going to take money off of that morning line line. I also think Messier is very, very talented, and he ran very well in the Santa Anita Derby, considering he was part of the duel. He buried the other pace horse, and then Taba, a very talented horse, beat him. He lost nothing in defeat that day in his race before that, where he won by 15 lengths with a 103 buyer speed figure. It shows that he can step. When I watch Messier at times, his maiden win, the win in the Bob Hope, the Robert B. Lewis, I'm like, boy, this horse is a star. And then there are days that he doesn't show up with his best, whether it's his debut or the Los Alamitos futurity. Now, maybe both of those races are Los Alamitos and he hates it. I'm hoping that's the case because I want to use Messier in any kind of single race exotics. But I also have a nagging suspicion in the back of my mind that he could be had. Very interesting. Well, uh, you know, I think uh, we, we, we've talked about the West Coast. We, we've talked about the East Coast. Uh, what about the horses coming out of Florida? There hasn't been much talk about White Abario, but he, he could be hiding in the bushes for a big one. You know, he certainly hasn't ducked any company there. He's been beating a lot of horses that he'll face again on Saturday. Love the speed figure explosion he's shown in his two starts this year. He ran three races in 2021. His best buyer was an 81. He got back to Gulfstream this year, 97-96, won the Holy Bowl, won the Florida Derby, has a versatile running style, and has push-button acceleration. There are a lot of things to like. I have to admit, a mile and a quarter worries me a little bit about this horse. I think he's drawn perfectly because he likes to be outside where he can make that that move without impediment, that uh, push-button move. Uh, but a mile and a quarter does worry. Me. I know the clockers are raving about simplification. Now, I'm not sure if simplification wants to go a mile and a quarter, but every clocker I've talked to at Churchill Down says that this horse is raring to go, and he has some ability. Won the Fountain of Youth. He ran a good third in the Florida Derby, being up close on the pace. Maybe he's the kind of horse you want to use uh, at a price somewhere. He's 20 to 1 on the morning line. You get Jose Ortiz. I'm worried about both of the Florida horses getting a mile and a quarter. They're both talented. Uh, the distance bothers me. But, again, the clockers love simplification. He's been working up a storm at Gulfstream. 
Yeah, he he has, and you know, uh, it, it'll it'll be interesting to to see, um, you know, you know, let, let's face it, speed's taken over in the past decade. Not since Orb have we seen anybody, you know, come from off the pace. And simplification does look like he's got the r- running style to to be with that early first pack, which I think is is going to be very very important in the Derby because Silky Sullivan doesn't win this race anymore. That is true, but the question is who's going to be on the lead in the Derby? There are many people that believe the horse from Dubai, Summer is Tomorrow, who is the pace setter in the UAE Derby, is going to make the lead in the Kentucky Derby. Now, I kind of find that hard to believe, that he's going to transfer that Dubai speed to American speed and then be able to make the lead. Maybe he does. I have a feeling Messier and John Velasquez are going to be very aggressively ridden out of there. Um I think Taba, if he breaks, can be out of there as well. And the good news about a horse like Simplication is this. Early in his career, he was a speedball. If you remember the Holy Bull, he missed the break completely, and he learned something that day when he finished second to White Barrio. He learned that he could be comfortable sitting behind horses and finishing. I think Ortiz is going to have Simplification in a great position. Maybe he'll be on the lead. Maybe he'll be sitting third in the Kentbird seat tracking the pace. Well, Dan, you... I, I just I love your delivery, and I, I want to know uh, where where will you be on Derby Day? Uh, what can we expect from uh, drf.com in the next uh, forty eight hours? Because it's a go to source for so many people. Check out all the late-breaking news on, on DRF.com because we've got pretty much every race on the graded stakes calendar on Oaks Friday, on Derby Saturday covered. Of course, we have all of our videos on the Daily Racing Form YouTube channel, but we'll be breaking every news as it comes in at Churchill Downs uh, this weekend. Um, but again, I'm going to be, where am I going to be? I'm going to be covering Pimlico and Monmouth. i got the long branch. i got to cover some nice three-year-olds at Monmouth, but I'll be watching the Derby and Oaks with interest. Well, it's certainly that you won't be ready for uh, the Derby and the Oaks card for for lack of preparation. Dan Elman, you do a fantastic job, and I I really thank you because I know how slammed you are uh, for taking the time to to be with us uh, tonight. And I I wish you a great time handicapping the races on the East Coast and hope you get a chance to sit back and relax and take in the run for the roses. It's always a pleasure, John. Uh, best of luck to everybody watching and wagering out there, and uh, and good luck and enjoy the Derby. All right. Well, uh, we will do that, and I appreciate it greatly. That was uh, Dan Illman, and uh, we're going to uh, – I just want to remind everybody uh, that uh, we are also – offering our Kentucky Derby contest. Now to, to get the, 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 the details on, on the contest, um, come on over to winningponies.com and it's right there uh, up front and, and staring at you. And uh, as you can see, there's no cost. Uh, we're not going to haunt you with emails or anything like that. Uh, 150 cold cash to the top one, and then you will see uh, the the details as the payouts go through. And I'll glance at those quickly here. Uh, again, 150 cold cash uh, for the winner. Second place, 100 winning credits. Now, the winning credits I'm going to name off, they can all be used for the easy win forms that I strongly suggest you use along with um, our uh, 
suggestions from the daily racing form and then when uh, we are ready to roll shall we say you want to go over to um betus.com because uh with the derby just around the corner um that's the place you want to go folks because the one thing about this sports book you know some of the things you want to know is they've been in the business for 27 plus years so um you, you know, you know they've been around. They pride itself on being known as America's favorite sports book, uh, with action on every sport across the world. They can pretty much guarantee that. Uh, well, they got your game. So, uh, what uh, you want to do is go to BetUS.com, and where don't forget their their. Loyalty program is legendary at BetUS. Um, they keep their players up to date with articles, uh, player team stats. If you get on the Winning Ponies newsletter, you'll see that they uh, put out a really nice graph of all of the replays uh, that were points races leading up to both the Oaks and the Derby. So, um, it, you know, it's it's just it's a great source not only for your betting needs, but for for information needs at the same time. So uh, BetUS.com is where you want to go. And uh, we hope that you are going to have a great day. Now, let me just uh, get a little something here going for my, uh, my contest players. And uh, we will... Uh, Pull this up, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, is that uh, we're going to we're going to pay down all the way to sixth and seventh in the winning ponies contest with uh, some uh, swag, and uh, so uh, you know, again, it's free. You can use the easy win forms. Uh, you can lay your bets off at BetUS.com. And uh, all I can say is we try to make it uh, easy for you folks. So come on over, use the easy win forms, and go to BetUS.com. They got action on every sport across the world. So, uh, you know, that will be the the way to go. So um, while we're waiting here to get a hold of my friend Ed Meyer, let's go back through the field uh, what their morning line is, and then uh, as soon as we're able to uh, uh, get uh, get Ed, and a matter of fact, we got him. Ed is on hold. So Ed, they, uh, he was on hold, and then as soon as he heard my voice, he hung up on me. I don't know what the problem is there. Uh, but again, uh, real quick, Mo Donegal, 10 to 1. Happy Jack, 30 to 1. Epicenter, everybody's current favorite, 7 to 2. Summer's Tomorrow, the Speed Horse, uh, is at 30 to 1. Also at 20 to 1 is Smile Happy. Messier listed at 8 to 1. Crown Pride, the Japanese horse, 20 to 1. Charge it, 20 to 1. Tis the Bomb, 30 to 1. Zandon, a horse that really hasn't been in the conversation yet this evening, is at 3 to 1. Some people say Mike Woff's the favorite since they got to see the race at Keeneland in the Bluegrass. Then you got Pioneer of Medina at 30 to 1. 12 to 1, Taba. 
20 to 1 Simplification, 30 to 1 Barber Road, 10 to 1 White Abario, 16 to 1. Here's a long shot play for you. A number he post position 16 at 20 to 1 Cyberknife, and then Classic Causeway 30 to 1 Tawny Port 30 to 1 Zozo's 20 to 1 and sneaking into the Derby at D Wayne Lucas Trainee Ethereal Road at 20 to 1. And I do believe we have Mr. Meyer with us. Ed, are you there? I am here, John. What's happening? What's happening? Well, we got the Oaks, we got the Derby. Uh, I guess it's kind of like uh, rain, rain, go away tomorrow from everything I'm seeing. And uh, then it's supposed to clear up and be nice down there. You, you, you're sitting in the bluegrass area. Is my uh, media urologist uh, prediction sound about right to you? <laughs> it is. It is. And actually, there was an ominous picture posted up at Churchill Downs of Churchill Downs by our good friend Jeff Greenhill. And and it was scary and dark looking, and I'm looking for nothing but an off track tomorrow, which, you know, leads right into the Oaks. And, John, for me, I, I'm playing a runner that I, I haven't heard any part of your other handicapping because I wanted to go fresh. I usually kind of sneak in and listen, but I wanted to hear it fresh from you. I like the 7 Echo Zulu, a big speed runner, and I know you love her sire, Gunrunner. She's a 3 0 by Gunrunner. And here's a little tidbit. When it's an off-track, Gunrunners win 36% of the time. That is a staggering number. She is 5 for 5, going to have a lot of speed, so she's not, not going to get a lot of mud on her. Joel Rosario wins 27% of the time with speedy horses going to route. 24%. I love the numbers. I see six in a row rolling out of this. And for me, just kind of a tidbit here, a teaser, I think for me, this is going to be a chalky weekend. Well, I don't know if Echo Zulu is going to be chalky. Can you believe this, Ed? You've got an undefeated three-year-old champion who is a multiple grade one winner who wins her debut and is the third favorite. That's that's unheard of. You know, I, I, I think people think that, um, you know, oh, she got rusty uh, over the year. I, I think what Asmussen did is he put her in that race to knock the rust off her. And that's exactly what happened because uh, Hidden Connection made her run for her life, which she did. But, you know, she hasn't been out since March 26th. And uh, if anybody's good at getting a horse ready, it's Asmussen as her uh, recent uh, gallop at uh, Churchill on the 24th, a bullet work. Uh, there weren't that many work in that day, but nonetheless, uh, seems to be taking well to the track uh, and has one on a wet track. So yeah, I mean, can't knock it, but what do you do with other undefeated horses like Kathleen O in the hands of an outstanding trainer like Shug McGahee? Uh, who's undefeated and just seems to get better and better. She's listed at 7-2 at you know, I, I, I love Kathleen No, and I, I think from a prior conversation, you brought up a great point. I don't think they've got to the bottom of her yet. And if anybody can, it's Shug, and you've got Javier Castellano, third off a layoff. You really look good, John. Another undefeated animal. And I heard you uh, whizzing off some of the derby odds. Do you have the Oaks updated odds? Updated? No, because I've been too busy doing the show, and I don't 
they've only been <laughs> updated about an hour ago. So, uh, hey, if there's no, anybody that could do it, it's you. Trust me on the Echo Zulu. That was first time off of a four-month layoff and still got down and dirty in that deep fairgrounds oval there. I think second off the layoff, Asmussen wins 19% of the time. I think if, if you can really just discard that last race win, and maybe it was a little too close for comfort, it said ears pricked and just lasted. Got down to business off a of layoff, and that's incredible here. Lightly raced. There's only five races here. I really like this. I like the way she's coming in. But actually, I do like your runner. Kathleen No is, is just going to be a handful. And we just don't even have time to address Nestor's secret oath. It's going to be a great Kentucky Oaks. That'll take place tomorrow, most probably on an off track. Looks like things are going to blow out of the way and be pretty nice, as they are most of the time for the Kentucky Derby. Ed, I'm locking you down here with only about six minutes to go, so I'm going to shut up. Take us for a walk through your best plays. Very best play. And once again, it's... You call me the Chalky Dean Weasel on this weekend. It holds true. I love the 10-horse Zandon, Chad Brown training, 3 Colt by Upstart. You got four starts, two wins, a second and a third. Game as they come. His face modonical, epicenter, smile happy. His face some really toughies. And when got beat by epicenter in the Risen Star, hopped at the start, and came five wide and leveled out and ran an even third that day. I'm I'm fair. I'll dismiss it. They put aboard Flavian Pratt, who in my heart, in my heart, is one of the top three best riders in the nation right now. And Flavian Pratt's winning 28% on the year, 63% on the money. You've got a closer here, John. And I think with the added distance, it's going to be about seven seven to eight links closer than what normally is out. In everything that I read, they said that the Chad Brown trainee here came into the bluegrass and really put on quite a show. They're saying it's not going to be a regression possibility instead, but the psychoanalysis indicates he's just getting started. So I think we're going to see big things out of uh, Mr. Flavian Pratt, one of my favorite riders, and uh, I, I was really, really glad to see him head back this way from California. Zandon, 3-1 to one for me, John, for Chad Brown. I see uh, the, the, the young bald eagle making his way into the winter circle. The only problem I have with Zandon is it likes to come off from the pace and seem to get kind of a, a golden trip when he cleared him in, in the bluegrass. Uh, the, the chances of a golden trip happening in the Kentucky Derby are few and far between. Ed, who do we put underneath? We've got a couple minutes left. I really like Zandon. And then I think I heard you mention just in passing when you were doing the odds, Cyberknife. There was an interesting story, and this is a little bit of one of those feel-good stories. And mm-hmm. Cyberknife was used, I believe, on one of the owners and during a very crucial surgery, and it worked. And now we're in the hands of Brad Cox. We have a gunrunner cold here, and I'm really, really in love with gunrunners. Two for two in the money at Churchill Downs. And that's when those big, whopping maiden races came about last September, November. But if you take a look at that work on April 30th over the deep Churchill service, 11-1, and one, the best of four, I really like the way this runner comes out at 20-1 to one on the morning line for Aunt Giroux, for Brad Cox. I love the way these guys do work. They're winning 20%. 
that's going to be my underneath horse right there, John. No matter what the odds are, it's it's going down. I see some gun runners today. All right. Well, they uh, do more than exact us in the Kentucky Derby. Keep going, Mister Ed Meyer. Well, for my for my third part, and this usually gets a little tricky, but for me, it was going to be just one of those quiets. That's my third part, and that's White Abario, ten to one in the morning line. Safi Joseph, twenty one percent a winner on the year. For me, the Florida Derby was a key race, and I'm really just zeroed in on that. Actually, the top three in the Florida Derby, I think, could come back and win. Now, this is another second off of a layoff. And Safi Joseph wins 24% off of a last race win. When he gets them tightened down and ready, I think they only move forward. I went back and I watched every prep for over a year. I was watching it uh, through the the wonderful uh, YouTube uh, network, and I saw every single one. And the one that I was impressed with the most was the gray, white Abario, who got better each time that I actually got to see him race. So that's gonna that's gonna wipe out my try right there, John. But uh, Tyler Gaffalione, th- this guy, he's just incredible. I-, I think we're gonna see big, big things at him for quite some time. But that's my try, and I'm sticking to it. Well, I uh, just want to let you know, a close personal friend of yours, Andy Byer has White Abario as his number one pick at the present. And he did give us the Derby winner last year. So maybe he can go two for two after going like 0 for 43. You know, hey, it happens, you know. Now you're changing my mind. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) When I hear Andy talk, anything that he actually puts a ring around, you better toss it in there more times than not. I, I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you let loose of that little nugget of gold for me. Now, now we might move into the second spot as well for the try. I'm, I'm really, really impressed with White Barrio and can't agree more. Boy, I'll tell you what. I'm really, really hope your listeners were paying attention to that one there, John. Well, we'll find out. Uh, you know, I've got to, about two minutes left. Ed, I know you're going to be uh, manning the boat. Where you're back in the saddle there, calling the races and, and doing the odds at Belterra Park. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye and an ear out for you on our airwaves. And uh, I'll probably even make an in-person appearance sooner than later, my friend. Oh, I can't wait to see. It's always a good time and usually bring winners. And, uh, you know, we usually have some uh, some sort of candies to, to munch on during the day, and that, that makes it that much better. But can't wait to see you, John. It's going to be super. Hey, and if you're out there betting tomorrow, take a look at the Belterra card. We have the $75,000 Daryl E. Parker Memorial Tall Stacks. Why the Tall Stacks is in there? Uh, I think it should just be the Daryl E. Parker Memorial myself. But it's running tomorrow. There's nice a nice card at Beltar. Right. I think there's some hidden value there. So for those that are really looking forward to kind of build that bankroll and kick it up a little bit, take a look at Beltar tomorrow. All right, Ed, I got to close her out. Don't forget the Derby right around the corner. You want to go to BetUS.com for all your gambling needs. You're listening to all these great picks, and you're saying to yourself, sounds great, but I can't make the Louisville. I can't make it anywhere. I'm stuck doing blank. No, 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 you're not. Real easy to open up an account with BetUS.com. Uh, they've been in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, and uh, you, you bet. 
you can bet you're going to get paid. That happens at BetUS.com. They're not sitting on any of your money, and you get 125% deposit bonus. So this is the time to do it, folks. Don't wait. The Oaks and the Derby, you just listened to some of the best experts in racing today. Also want to remind you, combine their picks with the action you'll get on the easy win form and you're going to be counting your money until monday for everybody at winning ponies including my producer Jiree, i'm john engelhart have a great derby weekend everyone thanks for listening to winning ponies with john engelhart we hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.